Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on Fridays in May, each film touches upon Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Goya or the hard way to enlightenment and the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie at nortonsimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. Elias Studios. Okay, LA, listen up. We all have thoughts about the neighborhoods we live in and their problems. Maybe you want to get the sidewalks fixed, or slow down the traffic, or find a home for all those feral cats in your neighbor's yard. Whatever it is, those issues probably can be addressed with the help of your neighborhood council. You might have heard about it, or maybe not. Today, we're going to help you connect with your neighborhood council so you can advocate for the change you want. This is How to LA, the pod that helps you better connect with the city and navigate some of the complicated issues like process and politics. There are 99 neighborhood councils in the city of Los Angeles. They're in Silver Lake, West Adams, Boyle Heights. Really, they're everywhere. The people on those councils are your neighbors, and they're kind of like a liaison between you and the city government, particularly your city council person. It's mid-April, and it's time to vote for the people who will serve on your neighborhood council. You might be like, nah, I'm good. But let me tell you why it's important to check out this very local election. My LAS colleague, Brianna Lee, has researched, interviewed community members, and has written all about this stuff. She's become a legit expert in all these matters. Hey, Brianna. Hey, Brian. So I did give a little taste there, but I'd like to explain more. How does a neighborhood council really work? So officially, there are two kinds of powers that a neighborhood council has. So the first is being able to weigh in on city council legislation. So they can file something called a community impact statement that says, hey, uh, we as representatives of this neighborhood support the legislation that you the city council member are trying to pass, or we really do not support this legislation that you were trying to pass, and we, we do not think that you should pass it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just a way to express, you know, how your neighborhood feels about something, what their concerns are, and it all goes on the record of the official council file. The other official power that neighborhood councils have is they get a small budget to work with. It's city funding. It's about $32,000. They use that mostly to spend on their operations. But whatever money that they have left over, they can use it to spend on something called neighborhood purpose grants. And these are essentially micro grants that they can give to a nonprofit for a specific kind of program or a school to say like donate school supplies to kids in your neighborhood. Wow. So it is about like local neighborhood feel. And, and, you know, that's actually interesting how it works. I'm curious to know how many people serve on these councils and kind of like what they do. I'm talking about the sort of daily tasks they deal with. So the thing is about neighborhood councils, everyone is really, really different. There's a couple of like basic ground rules that they all have to abide by. But other than that, they can choose 
how many seats there are on a neighborhood council. So for example, if you look at the Herman Neighborhood Council, there's only nine seats on there and Mid-City West has something like 35. So there's a really big range and like how big they are and also what they focus on. So besides your executive team, which is like president, vice president, uh, secretary, you can elect people to specific kinds of seats. So if you want a renter's representative, for example, you can have that kind of a seat. If you want somebody to represent small businesses, you can have that. I think Silmar Neighborhood Council has a specific seat for equestrian representatives. So it really has to reflect your specific kind of neighborhood. They have a lot of soft power. So they're able to kind of like feel out the community and say, hey, does the community, how does the community feel about this? How does the community feel about that? Uh, What kind of influence can we exert over some of the people who make decisions over here? When it comes to real estate, when it comes Mm -hmm. to developers trying to do things with buildings in your neighborhood, the neighborhood council actually has a fair amount of influence there because developers need community support. And so the neighborhood council they can advocate for things and, you know, rally for what the community wants. For residents, you know, for for myself, for example, like where can I find what my council is up to? Like how do I talk to them if I have a question or request about something particular to my house? Yeah. So first of all, the first task is figuring out what neighborhood council represents you. Uh, I think it's not immediately clear to everybody, especially if you don't you didn't even know the neighborhood council system existed. So if you go to the neighborhood council sort of city website, it's empowerla.com. You can look up your address and it'll tell you which uh, neighborhood council represents you. It'll also give you their website. So you can look at their website for all kinds of updates. They have to include updates on when the next meetings are. They have to include minutes of their previous meetings. That's like part of the rules that they have to abide by. So you can always keep up with them, even if you can't attend their meetings. You can also subscribe to their newsletters to tell people what's coming up next. Now, for those people who are listening to this and they're kind of like, I might be interested in getting a taste of this, of becoming part of my neighborhood council. What prior experience do you need like in politics or any of that sort to run for the council? You don't need any experience at all. So this is really targeting people who just care about issues in the neighborhood. You don't have to have any experience in office. In some cases, you don't even have to be over 18. They have youth representative seats that are open to people as young as 14. You don't really have to have any kind of background. You just really have to be willing to dedicate a lot of your time because it is unpaid time. But there are things that you should keep in mind if you want to be an effective council member. If you want to be able to work well with other people and not burn bridges between you and your neighbors, I think there's like definitely more skills to that that, you know, you should be aware of before you actually make the bid to run. That's super interesting. I imagine there could be a little bit of neighborhood drama in these meetings. But hey, that's when it happens (laughs) when people get together, right? For sure. Yeah. It takes some strategizing. It's tricky, but it can be done. So let's say that I'm interested in joining one. How do I do it? And I kind of want to use this example of mine. You know, I'm just Mm. moved to West Adams. And Mm. um, I know that West Adams Neighborhood Council is pretty active. I've met people on the council before. But, you know, I don't have a U.S. citizenship. I'm not a a U.S. permanent resident. Um, I just moved to the area. So I just don't know everything about West Adams. You know, what are some of those requirements for me to just start getting involved or even eventually joining my neighborhood council? If you're interested in joining a neighborhood council, either as a committee member or a board member, you don't have to be a U.S. citizen. 
you, you don't even have to be over 18 in those cases where you can run for a youth representative seat, for example. All you have to do is be connected to the neighborhood in kind of a meaningful way. So that means you either live in the neighborhood, you work in the neighborhood maybe, or you are involved in some kind of community organization. So maybe you go to church in the neighborhood, or maybe you attend a school or your child attends a school in the neighborhood, or you volunteer somewhere. So you just have to have that kind of connection to the neighborhood. Sometimes there's going to be restrictions on what kinds of seats you can run for. Like if you volunteer for an organization, but you don't live in the neighborhood, then maybe you can't run for like the residential representative seat, for example, because that's only for people who live there. But you can run for a different kind of seat. Going back to what we said earlier, there is voting happening right now in neighborhood councils across the city. And I'm sure that it's really hard work and it's not for everyone, but there are plenty of people who do want to do this work and they're running for the council seats now. Can you tell me a bit more about the folks you interviewed or you talked to? Oh, yeah. Oh, I talked to a couple of dozen different neighborhood council members. We had a survey that we sent around uh, asking people, hey, have you run for a seat before? What was it like? What were the good parts? What were the bad parts? Tell us everything. We want to hear great experiences, terrible experiences, everything in between. I heard from people from lots and lots of different neighborhood councils. Some of them were current members and some of them were former members. And the experiences were They really were all over the place. That's what really struck me. Like your experience differs so much depending on the dynamics of your specific neighborhood council. I heard from people and one who there was no internal drama. Like they were all, you know, really excited to get things done. Like the the board was really welcoming, but nobody in the community came to their meetings. Like, you know, nobody knew they existed. It was like pulling teeth to get members of the community to actually care about what they were doing. And then I heard things that were the opposite. I heard other cases where too many people came to the meetings and like the meetings would go on to like 11 o'clock midnight because there were like people lining out the door to give public comment. And it was such a headache. And like they were like, okay, we had to listen to everybody. But oh, my gosh, there's so many comments. And then I heard other cases where, you know, there were like the relationships between board members was awful and they would just fight all the time. And there were these dramas that, you know, nobody could seem to get past. And then other cases where everybody got along great. And so it really just depends. So I would say if you're interested in running, whether you're running for an election or you're just waiting for a seat to uh, open up to be vacated that you can apply for directly, just to check out some meetings and see what the what the vibe is like, because, you know, a lot of your experience is really going to depend on on your particular council. So I really want to ask this million dollar question mm-hmm. that um, this is why we do How to LA, right? Like, why should people care about this and why should people get involved and vote for their neighborhood council? L.A. is a big city, right? There's something like 4 million people who live here. Mm-hmm. And if you look at our city council, that's our you know first level of official government representation. There are 15 members of the city council. So in terms of how represented each resident is at City Hall, you know, we're not very, we're not very represented here. So that can make it hard to feel like you're connected to our elected officials. That can make it seem like, you know, city council members are not paying attention to your neighborhood, that even if you call their office, like there's so many other people who need attention, so there's issues that need attention. It can make it feel like it's really hard for you to get your voice heard. You know, that's the promise of neighborhood councils. They were created in part to make every neighborhood feel more included. It's a way to get sort of grassroots representation at City Hall. And it's just an easier way to get involved. You know, like 
if you wanted to go all the way to City Hall and, you know, deal with like citywide issues that are affecting 4 million people, it's sort of a big task to ask of a lot of people, right? You know, how many people are going to call into city council meeting and like listen to everything that they talk about that affects the entire city versus a neighborhood council, which is just, you know, maybe a few blocks down the street. It's These are your neighbors that are dealing with a lot of these issues. These are your neighbors who are taking the time to address things that are on your block, the block next to you. They really see things on the ground and you are probably experiencing the same issues that they are every single day. So their job is really to elevate the issues that matter to you in your neighborhood. And this is just a way to do it. It's really about the promise of hyper-local representation and hyper-local participation and also meeting your neighbors. You know, that's just another way of like of organizing your neighborhood's priorities with other people who are experiencing the same thing that you are. Totally. And as you were talking, I could just imagine myself like advocating for more trash cans on the street. That's my big, big thing. I know I sound like a grumpy old man, but like, you know, when you take out the dogs or you're eating ice cream, and you just want to place something in a trash can. There aren't enough in L.A. So who knows? Well, yeah. And you know what? Like I've heard from a lot of neighborhood council members that if anything, you know, even if they get frustrated with city bureaucracy and all the rules and everything, one thing that pretty much everybody said to me was that it was a really good experience in learning how city government works. So chances are, if you want to get a new trash can, like, I don't know if you know the right person to call. I certainly don't really know the right person to call, but your neighborhood council probably does. What's the timeline here and when should people think about voting? So elections have been going on for a little bit. They, they kind of run on a six-month period, but all of the neighborhood councils have a staggered timeline. So that just means that one neighborhood council is going to have their elections on a different timeline than the next. So what you need to do is first, when you figure out what neighborhood council you want to be involved in, there is a link on the Empower LA website that tells you what the election dates are for all the different neighborhood councils. So you can either request a vote by mail ballot or plan to vote in person. If you request a vote by mail ballot, there's a deadline to do that. That's depending on your very specific neighborhood council. You can go to the LA City Clerk's website to request your vote by mail ballot there, or you can just plan to go vote in person on election day. Bree, thank you so much for dropping this knowledge with us. Yeah, thanks, Brian. That's Brianna Lee, engagement producer for the LAist Civics and Democracy team. Check out her reporting on neighborhood councils on LAist.com slash HowToLA. She has all the details on everything you need to know. You can also read our latest newsletter and check out all our podcasts there, too. Again, that's LAist.com slash HowToLA. Okay, folks, that's it for us today. Catch you all here tomorrow. This episode of How to LA was produced by Megan Botel. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAist Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com sweeps.